Thank you to the worship team for leading us in worship. And thank you everybody for being here for this really special occasion. Thank you for being here for our baptism service. We have six brave people who are going to take the waters later on. And they most definitely are brave because it's myself and Pastor Matt who's doing the dunking. So you know these people, they have courage. They put their trust in our hands, but we're capable, isn't that right, Pastor? We're looking forward to later on. And I'm just going to take a few minutes, just a few minutes, church, um, to really share a quick message about why we are here. Um, and just sorry, a little bit of business that I need to get out of the way first. Um, so we, we have a supper on tonight after the service. So COVID took away our baptism services. It took away our suppers, but God has restored them, church. So we're getting fed after tonight's service. Can I get an amen? Amen. Praise God. So suppers are back straight after the baptism service. You go out those doors, go round to the right-hand side. We'll get you fed. We'll get some tea and coffee, and it'll be great. This Tuesday night, we have our missions prayer meeting as well. That's where we have a focus. Um, we, we gather together midweek and we pray but the focus will be outside of living hope and obviously we have so much to pray for for everything that's going on um, across the world at the moment so we encourage you join us on Tuesday night at 8pm and next Sunday will be an incredibly special day because that's the day we celebrate the mothers so we are celebrating the mothers next Sunday and we have some incredible ladies who are going to be sharing um, next Sunday next Sunday morning um, uh, we have Athena Davis who's going to be preaching and then next Sunday night we have Martina Bailey being interviewed and then we have Kim Kelly coming to bring us the word um, after that. So next Sunday will be a great Sunday in the house. All the mothers are getting a free box of chocolates and we've really went all out because we didn't go to Asda or Little, we went to Tesco, alright, so this is the good stuff. No messing about. So all the mothers are welcome next Sunday. You'll get a free box of chocolates um, because obviously we are celebrating you. But yes, as I said, this is a wonderful service to be a part of and privileged to be involved in it. And if you know Jesus as your personal saviour, well then tonight holds that little extra significance for you because what we are watching is we're watching family. We're watching brothers and sisters being baptized because when you come in to the church or when you make a confession of faith, when you give your heart, when you give your life to Jesus, then you inherit a family. And we have brothers and sisters tonight who are being baptized, who are publicly professing their faith in Jesus. And um, we are so excited about that. You know, during the week, at the baptism class, a few people were saying about how nervous they were about, you know, speaking from, um, from the front, because you're going to hear from them just a little bit later on. And Pastor Matt just said to them, what you need to remember is everybody is here to support you. Isn't that right, church? Everybody's here, and they are on your side. That's what tonight is all about. That's what church is all about. That's what family is all about. We're cheering each other on, championing each other in these incredible milestones and these important moments in our journey. And as I say, I just have a few thoughts that I want to share with you that I would like to share tonight. 
And I promise I won't take too long, because I know these guys can't wait to get done. So we're going to look forward to that later, later on. I very intentionally named this short thought tonight, Then Jesus Came. Because we're going to read some verses that describe when Jesus himself was baptized and the journey that he went on in and through that baptism, what that looked like. And you know what these people are doing tonight is they're taking part in a physical representation of the decision that they have already made. They've made decisions to follow Christ and they want to do as Christ did. They've come to the part of their journey. They've come to the part of their journey where they've decided to do as Jesus did, which we'll read in just a minute. And they too have been on a journey, some shorter than others. Some have been on the road a long time. But each of them are at a place where they have made a decision to be obedient to what God asks of them and to publicly declare their faith through baptism. Because that's what the people um, who are going to share later on have. They have a faith in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to read some verses from Matthew uh, chapter 3, verses, 5, verses 13 sorry, to 17. And it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized uh, by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I I'm well pleased. Allow me to pray and then we'll begin to look at God's word together. Lord, we thank you for this service. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that it describes as far as this, this baptism journey is God. And we thank you, Lord, that tonight as we read from your word, we see, Lord, that those who are doing what they are doing tonight are doing as your son did first. God, thank you that you loved us first. And Lord, we thank you that tonight we can gather in this place safely. Lord, we thank you that we gather in freedom. And we are just careful to give you all of the glory for all that takes place. Then your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Allow me, church, just to give a little bit of context to these verses. You see, this, these, these collection of verses, they're historically significant. And what I mean by that is those who study history, most scholars would agree that this event, the baptism of Jesus, it's one of the most conclusive, it's one of the most accurate, historically accurate events that is recorded in scripture. It's up there with the crucifixion as having so much evidence that surrounds it that this most definitely happened the way the Bible is describing and there's just so much that points to the baptism of Jesus Christ as it is recorded in the Gospels. And it's important actually to note that again to reinforce that significance it's quoted in three of the Gospels, such of the importance of the event of, um, in Christ's life. It's recorded in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke. So all three of these writers back each other up. 
And this is significant as well for, for an awful lot of reasons, but one that is good to point out is that this is where Christ's ministry on earth, the work that he did on earth, it basically begins with his baptism. This is kind of the, the beginning of the work that he would do, the significant work that we would read of in the Bible. And see, that's how we know that this is a significant thing because Christ chooses this as his starting point. And so we read that. And we read a few important verses in there. I want to highlight just a couple of words in a few short minutes that I have that we've just read there. And the first is the first three words in there. It says, then Jesus came. And you know, this is the title of my thought tonight. And it's because I feel that these three words highlight a journey. See, we read that, and it it could almost be a throwaway statement. Then Jesus came, and it goes on to tell you the story of what happened. But that doesn't really tell you the the extent of the journey that he was on, because it does tell you that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized. But what it doesn't tell you is how long that journey was. See, this journey, they reckon, was about 65 kilometers. It's about 40 miles. They reckon that this is a pilgrimage that Christ had went on. You see, when Jesus comes to be baptized, it's no, it's no insignificant journey. It's not a throwaway thing that Christ comes to the Jordan to be baptized. See, it's important. There's, there's a journey that has to be made. And as I said, Christ, Christ begins his ministry with this. But we, we reckon that he had lived on earth probably about 30 years before this. And he chooses the work that's recorded in the Gospels. And he chooses this moment. Because you see, there's a journey that leads up to this. And I just think that there's an incredible parallel to be had there with the journey of those who are being baptized tonight because I'm sure that this decision, it's not an easy decision to come to, to do it in front of a church packed with people. And we knew it would be packed with people, not just to go through the waters, but to also um, stand up and publicly profess, publicly talk about the decision that they have made. You know, this, this is significant. And I just think we look at the journey that Jesus had been on and we know that each of us must make a a journey to get to this point. It's a pilgrimage. And as I said, we're highlighting just a few verses, a few words. And as we jump forward in this same verse, it says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan and it says to be baptized. And there's no getting around that. Why does Christ make the journey that he makes? Well, this is the purpose. There's no no getting away from that. It can't be interpreted any other way. Christ has made this pilgrimage because he wants to get baptized. He wants to go through the waters. He came all this way to begin his ministry and he began it by being baptized. He came for no other reason than to be baptized because through baptism... He reveals the incredible relationship in which God exists in Christ. Because obviously we have Father and we have Son and we have Holy Spirit. And when he goes through the waters, he he shows everybody. He shows all of the witnesses. He shows those who record it. He shows them exactly who he is. 
And again, we think of those who have made um, this, this decision tonight. And it's unmistakable that they're here for no other reason than to be baptised. To declare that Jesus Christ is their saviour. He is the one who has made a difference in their lives. And nobody else could have done what Jesus done in their lives. And we move on to a few more significant words. Because it says later on in those verses that I was reading that John tried to deter him. Now, I don't want to be mistaken here. We aren't going to paint John as some sort of bad guy. He absolutely isn't. He comes from such a good place in this. But it's just interesting that despite Jesus' persistence, despite the journey he's willing to make, despite his determination, he comes to this point in his journey where he's ready to do this massive God thing in front of all of these people. And he does face this little bit of opposition. He does face this person. And again, John comes from a good place. But he does ask the question, Jesus, are you sure? Like, is this, is this really what we should be doing? Do you think this is a good idea? Christ comes to this point in his journey and John asks these questions. And, and again, it's the motive behind these questions that is important because the question that we need to ask here is maybe similar to what John was truly asking, which is why is Jesus getting baptized? Because in John's defense, it doesn't really appear to make a lot of sense. Jesus comes to the water to be baptized, but at first glance, Jesus' baptism doesn't really seem to have a purpose at all. We read some verses in Matthew there, in Matthew um, 3 and verse 11. It says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. And that's John. This is the guy who's baptizing. And this is just before Jesus comes to be baptized. And John says, I baptize those who repent of their sins. Well, sure, John himself and those who he, were, who he was baptizing, they were doing so to repent. But Jesus was sinless. He was perfect. He didn't need to repent. And it's no wonder that John's caught off guard. He's a little bit confused when Jesus asked him to do it. But Christ's response to him in Matthew 3 and verse 15, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. See, what Jesus does by going through the waters of baptism is he proves everything that has been said before about this moment. He proves what has been said about John because before John has been spoken about as the voice who would be crying in the wilderness, John had been spoken about as the one who was going to prepare people for Jesus. So when Jesus comes to be baptized, he confirms John is who we said he was. Jesus comes to be baptized and he fulfills all that has been said before. And he not only confirms this through being baptized by John, but he also identifies himself with John and with all those other people who were being baptized and who would be baptized after him. 
because although Jesus himself was not a sinner, he identified with those who had sinned through baptism because it is so important to him that he, he would be the example, that he would do what, what, what is right, what is to fulfill all righteousness. He would do as the Father would want him to do. And Jesus is obedient in being baptized. There's another verse in scripture there. It's Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Newness of life, given new life. Christ being baptized, it was symbolic because soon he would be buried. Soon Christ would be buried after all the good things he does on earth after the, the truth that he shares, after the, the healings that he performs and just the words of encouragement that he speaks over people, Christ would be buried just like going beneath the water. But also he would raise from the dead just like coming up out of the water and he would offer new life and his, and his Holy Spirit like the dove descending to those who would be willing to also lay down their lives and follow him accept this newness of life. With, with his baptism he encourages us to bury who we once were and to take the newness of life that he is offering us. Because he offers us a fresh start. He offers us the chance to, to bring everything, everything that was before, everything that still is now in our lives that falls short. He offers us the chance to bring them to him. And they will be buried with him in the grave. And he will rise from the grave and he will have victory over all of it. Over all of it. One, a couple of final verses I want to share from Romans uh, chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. You know, when I read this, I think about the choices that we make in, in the lead up to this. And maybe you're wondering, why have these people chose to be baptized in this way? Like, this looks like a lot of work. And Pastor Matt shared this morning that go, these things don't always go to plan. And sometimes things don't happen exactly how we expect them to. And, and this tank isn't always here. We have to spend hours building it and filling it. And, and it just seems like a lot. So why do they do that? Well, it's because... See, they could, they could go anywhere. They could go to, they could go to any coast or, or, or any bed of water and they could do it. But, but they want to they wanna publicly profess with their family and their friends looking on right in the middle of the community in which we serve. See, each is going to share a testimony of what God has done in their lives. The reason for that is they are living with a mentality just like Paul when he wrote these words. 
when we publicly declare our faith, then we also declare that we are not ashamed of what the gospel says, what the good news of Jesus Christ says, what it says about us. It says that we are children of God, that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, and that God is the author and maker of all things. And even though he does all of this, even though he is the one who is the reason for all of it, he still makes time to demonstrate his love for us. And maybe just finally, you're thinking, well, Christ, it could have never been for me. What he did on that cross, this, this whole life that these people are taking up, I mean, it's brilliant for them, but there's no way that that could be me. The final verses I want to share in Matthew 19, it says this, when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There's nobody that's too far gone. There's, nobody, there, there's no situation that you are in. There's nothing that, that, that you could possibly have done or be doing that would ever, that could ever disqualify you. Because Christ, once and for all, on the cross, he dealt with all of it. And he was buried in the tomb and he rose again from the grave. Church, allow me to pray and then we're going to hear from those who are taking up this tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for all that it teaches us about you and about your son. And God, thank you for what it tells us about those who are being baptized tonight. Father, we give you all glory for all that is about to take place. And it's in your son. In precious name that we pray. Amen.